0: You're listening to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Before we get to the show, I want to announce that next Monday on this podcast, we're dropping all seven episodes of the Smith documentary. It's something I've been working on for the better part of 10 months, and I can't wait to share it. Next Monday, episodes one through seven of the Smiths will be on this podcast. We'll see you then. We can endure anything and adapt. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems.
2: You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
0: Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Wrestling Changed My Life. This is your host, Ryan Warner. My guest today is Mike Ironman, one of the elite coaches in these United States. He runs Ironman Elite down in Missouri. And that club has produced the likes of Jaden Cox, Jaden Ironman, and a ton of other Missouri studs. And this guy has a real mind for wrestling. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Fan of the week goes to my man, J.O. Rob 149 wrestling for Central College out in Iowa. Thank you for the support, my friend. I appreciate it. And folks, if you want to support this podcast, please give some love to our sponsor, Spartan Combat. They're hosting a national tournament in Jacksonville, Florida. May 21st to the 23rd, they have freestyle, folk style, they have a dual tournament, they have some beach wrestling, check out all the details on SpartanCombat.com, and if you register now, you get a free race pass with your entry, so check it out, SpartanCombat.com. And that's it, let's give it up to Mike Ironman. Mike Ironman, welcome to the podcast, sir.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me, great to be here.
0: Absolutely. As we were just talking about, I was pleasantly surprised to learn that when you were at Nebraska, your Nebraska bio said St. Lawrence and Chicago. I'm like, no way is this guy an Illinois guy. And lo and behold, you grew up through the Illinois system. You were on some awesome uh, high school teams. Let's just start at the very beginning, man. How competitive was the Illinois State Tournament back in the late 80s, early 90s?
2: Oh, it was, it was, it's still like it is now. It was, it was very competitive, you know, and... Uh, so many good kids um especially team-wise you know they had that big uh, state tournament as a team so we uh that was a big one back then but no it was very competitive um you know at any given day if you're a little bit off you know you can get beat you know so um but illinois was and it still is uh, it's, it's a hammer state so um it was great to be you know in that type of type of you know state and battling those guys all the time so it was good
0: yeah man there was we were talking earlier Multiple Olympians at a single state tournament with Joe Williams and TC Dantzler. And I don't know if Lindsey Durlocker was ever a, an Olympian, but he was in the mix too. I mean, just, uh, sure. just a, a lot of depth. Yeah.
2: And Kevin Bracken on our team too. You know, Kevin Bracken was an Olympian and Greco Roman. So he was on our team. So, uh, you know, yeah, it was just, uh, it was tough. mean, those guys back then were tough. So, I mean, still are, but you know, those, those, when I look back and I look at the lineup, or I, I, I see those guys now. I just remember, them. man, they were so
0: tough. So, yeah. yeah, it was great. And you guys were in the Chicago Catholic League, so you were battling with Mount Carmel and, and the providence of the world. I mean, Sean Bormet was ripping people's heads off back then. It was just a great time for Illinois wrestling. Now, you were actually a part of a state championship team, which anyone who wrestles will agree that when you're on a great team, it's, it's that much better. So your junior sure. year... You guys won the team state, but you lost to Proviso and Providence during the year. Is that right?
2: Correct. That's correct.
0: So that's correct. Yeah. How did you guys pull it off at the, uh, at the finals?
2: Oh, I think there's a, a, a couple things, but um, I definitely think that, uh, you know, the team, we came together, uh, great coaching staff, you know, they, put the, they switched their weights around a little bit um, and they just got us fired up. You know, uh, we were a family. we were a really close team. Um, we kind of drove each other nuts, or at least I drove pretty much everybody nuts, but we were really like a family. And, uh, so we just had fun with it, you know, and we go all through, and we would just battle. And, you know, next thing you know, we're, we're, you know, we were doing some special things and we were enjoying ourselves along the way. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool.
0: Now to even get to that point, I'm curious about your backstory. You know, where'd you grow up in the Chicago land? where your, was your family together? Were they big athletes? What's the origin story?
2: Yeah, um, my dad was a Chicago cop, so we lived in the South Side of Chicago. We're in the Mount Greenwood area. Um, my mom, my dad, and I had three brothers, and uh, so we're just you know, and that's kind of how it started. Just back in the day, where my mom was, I think walking to run a park <clears throat> and saw like flyers for wrestling practice, and us four were already killing each other pretty much back home. So um, it was a win-win, you know. So she signed us up, and we just you know, and that was about it.
0: Mount Greenwood, a lot of lot of police officers, a lot of fire firemen down there, right?
2: Correct. Yeah, my dad so, was a Chicago. My dad was a Chicago cop as well.
0: I gotta ask, man, what was your uh, what was your IKWF club? Mount Greenwood Colts. Man, they're the, they're the Mustangs now. Okay, okay. I have an ongoing hatred for the Vitim Cats, and I didn't know if they were around back then. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> they were.
2: I, 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 don't, I wasn't a big fan of them, either, but, but they, you know, they were always good. they always had good kids. Um, they always did a really good job, and I think that kind of lies with some people not liking clubs because they're good. So, I don't know if that was it, but uh, they always had some good kids.
0: No, so, they're they're good people, man. But when I was, uh, when my brother was in seventh and eighth grade, he got second in IKWF twice to the same kid from the Videm Cats, and man, we uh, just. We hated those guys, but no, they they were awesome teams uh, back in there. So I always had to ask on the on the IK level. Um, so how did you end up going to Nebraska?
2: Um, it was just, you know, one of the schools that was recruiting me. Um, uh, I, me and my dad went out there on a recruiting trip, and I liked it. You know, I liked, some of the, I liked the coaches. Um, I liked Brad Penrith, uh, Tim Newman, Mark Cody, um, some of the guys on the team. You know, I met Jason Kelber. Couple, of Corey Olson, and uh, you know, I just hit it off when I went there on a recruiting trip. I was actually there on a recruiting trip at the same time Bill Zadik was, so we were both being recruited the same weight class. So it was, he ended up going to Iowa, I ended up going to Nebraska, but um, it was a good tr- recruiting trip. I just felt a connection to that school when I left, and um, just felt like that was the place for me at the time.
0: Was Mark Perry or Gil Sanchez still there?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had the bless the blessing to the, wrestle the both of those guys. Yeah, amazing. Mark Perry used to beat the snot out of me every day, and uh, Gil Sanchez would, was, was like a ghost. He would like, kind of like, almost go through you and get behind you somehow. You didn't even know how it was working. <laughs> Those guys were really, really – it was good to, at, at a young age to wrestle something like that because it definitely opened my eyes to, what is this? You know, like, what? I never felt this level of – and, you know, just high school to college, but, you know, at the time, you're just like, I've never felt anything like this. Uh, those was those it the strength
0: got. or just like a whole new level of skill?
1: I think Gil was a whole new level
2: of what the hell is this? You know, like he's so slick and so smooth. And then Perry, Mark Perry, the dad, would uh, would just beat the, the snot out of me, He'd get on top of me and ride me for, for as long as he wanted to. He'd still will <laughs> be riding me if he didn't let me up. So. <laughs> but uh, and- no, just don't just, say toughness and the, the understanding and the knowledge of wrestling.
0: And that's right when there was a lot of money going into athletics at Nebraska, and it was like Bob Delaney had a, a building named yeah. after him, a big yeah. time, big time program then. And the Big Twelve was was pretty tough back then, and so you were you guys well, were in there.
1: It was the Big Eight. It was the okay. Big Eight back then.
0: Who all was in it back then?
1: It was us. It was University of Nebraska, University of Missouri, Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma
2: State, and Oklahoma.
0: Okay.
2: It was tough, confidence.
0: Oh, my God, dude. It Those super good back teams. In the, yeah,
2: and back then, you know, I'm not saying that, that now they're not, but back then it was just, you know, every every weight, every class, every kid, you know, you had to be in the top two to get to the national tournaments. You had to almost make it to the finals. It was ridiculous. It was oh so my tough. God.
0: I didn't realize you had to be top two to go to the NCAAs back then.
2: Most of the time in the big age, yeah. I think most of the time you had to be in the top top one or two and maybe some wild cards would get through, you know, unless there was a, you know, like, there was some ways that would just have top four guys or, you know what I mean, ranked top six in the country. So they'd get through, but for the most part, yeah, it was a lot of times it was just the one and two guys going through. So it was, it was tough.
0: And so Caliber was already done though at that point, right?
2: Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. He was there, but he was there still.
0: I had him on last week. First time talking to him. I love the conversation, man.
2: Oh, he's awesome he's another one that when I first got to Nebraska was just, you know what I mean? Like, what is it? Like, what, what did I just feel? I don't even know what I felt right there. You know, it's just a, uh, so slick, so tough, so perfect. His wrestling, it was just unreal. So blessed to have those guys who my, you know, as I was growing up and uh, cross paths with and just wrestle with them and take some knowledge from them.
0: Man, I, I can't even imagine then your sophomore year, was it your, wait, what, what, what grade were you when you guys got third and you placed? My second year, my,
1: my redshirt second, my second year at in, in, in Nebraska.
0: So you're redshirt freshman year, you got fourth, essentially.
2: As a team, what do you mean as a team?
0: As an individual.
2: No, fifth, my, my, uh, second, my, yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. I was in, I was a proper, I was ruled ineligible my, my first year in college. So my, I wasn't even able to be in Nebraska like wrestling on the team my first year. So actually the next year was when I was kind of like, was actually like my, you know what I mean? Like my time in a college room. Really. Yeah. So, and then that, that's the year we took, I took fifth and that's the year we took a uh, third of the team.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I thought you took in fourth, you took fifth. That's right. I mean, right, fifth. Right. to get a team t- to get a team trophy is obviously super hard to do in wrestling. How does that compare to the, to the old St. Lawrence state title though?
2: Um, it was, uh, it was special. Um, it was re- obviously anything like that is real special. But uh, the high school thing was more like a, uh, a family thing. We had no idea, you know what I mean? It just kind of we, we we just thought that if we wrestled tough, that great things can happen. But then you know we ended up doing it. Nebraska, I think we knew we had the team. You know we shouldn't have taken third. We should have won it.
1: Mm.
2: Um, I don't know, if, but that's the year Matt Lindland was, you know, ranked first. He was like forty-eight, no, and got beat first round at nationals. So we had, we had some, we had the team to do it. We just, uh, uh, it just didn't work out, but we definitely had the team that year in Nebraska to, you know, Rulon Gardner, Corey Olson, uh, Matt Linlin, Buxton, Perler. Frank Velasquez, Tony Perler. Yeah. Just hammers. Um, yeah. yeah. So we definitely had the team, you know what I mean? To, um, you know, to put, put a national title together. So.
0: And that was the year Iowa had bought McElravey. He at a red shirt late. And I know that was Correct. your weight, but man, without Correct. him, I mean, and if Alan Freed could have wrestled, he probably would have won that weight walking away, but he couldn't because of the suspension that Oklahoma state was going through. So 93, no Okie state, Iowa makes some last minute shifts. Lo and behold, McArevy wins the damn thing. And that might've put them over you guys in the team race. For sure.
2: Yeah, that didn't help, but yeah, we weren't, we weren't really relying on that, but, uh, um, yeah I mean it was a big blow we had a couple upsets on our team you know that kind of that that you know because that's not really personal you know Matt Ravy doing well wasn't really affecting yeah. us in Nebraska so we were just focused on the things that we you know and uh, a couple of our guys kind of got beat when in, in rounds they shouldn't have but um but yeah them doing what then Matt Ravy coming and doing what he did it was the icing of the cake you know I just kind of put the stamp on it that there's no we took, and we took third but um we when we still had a good showing. It you was know, a team. I think we had two national finalists, national champs, six or seven all-Americans. So we did good. It just wasn't enough to get that that top one. So
0: yeah. And I I wanted to ask you. I know you're a real a a, a wrestler's coach. You put a lot of thought into your coaching philosophy, and that's you know a lot of what I want to talk to you about today. But you're know, looking back now. How how different would you have ran? a college room versus how college coaches were running it in the early 90s versus what you're seeing now is it the same is it different how does it compare
2: well it's some some are the same uh some coaches are doing it uh the same but um i'd like to think um it's different and i would like to think that i would be different just because with time you know i mean you get better and you get smarter and you figure things out and you become better at your craft or at your art and so uh things should be shifted a little bit but uh I definitely think me, if I was coaching then as opposed to now, yeah, I'd be a totally different coach. I'm a, I'm a totally different coach now than I was five years ago. You know, um, you know, I just, I mean, not, a, you know, I mean, as far as just better understanding, you know, I'd like to think I have it, but you know, going to these tournaments, you know, figuring little things out, taking chances, you know, um, you know, and just kind of narrowing it down to what's, what's the best way of molding the perfect little wrestler, you know? And, uh, and so you just never quit. And once you quit, you you know, you're just going to become stagnant in a way. So I'd like to try to stay on my toes and just always think that, you know, things can be better. I can do a better job, you know? And and so with that mindset, I'd like to think it's always changing.
0: Absolutely. I mean, anyone who's trying to achieve mastery is is always pushing the bounds and learning uh, in whatever way they can. Just to give people a sense of how you think outside the box. I heard a story that when you were starting to think about, Starting your own club back in like the mid two thousands, you used to go to practice with a stopwatch and you would time any time that you thought there was a, a waste or an inefficiency in practice. What were you noticing, and why did you do that?
1: <laughs> um, I was uh, I knew that I wanted I knew I was getting into coaching, and so
2: I just was um, I was trying to put together. The perfect practice, or at least, obviously, there's no perfect practice, but we can uh, we can try to put together the most effective, productive hour and a half to two hours possible. And so uh, I would go to practices uh, and with sometimes with a stopwatch or just with uh, and just I would clock it when I thought that okay this is effective for this level of wrestling or the or whatever the case may be, and then I would uh, this isn't effective or this is a complete waste of time you know, these guys already know this technique, and now they're just sitting here, you know what I mean, these are 18-year-old college kids working on what my eight-year-old youth kids are wrestling, so this is a complete way, and and so I just started to be more of a student of the game, and, and start not being a jerk about it, or arrogant about it, but just questioning everything, questioning even the successful coaches, you know, why are you doing that, could it be better, even though you're at the pinnacle, and you're the, could it be better, is there a better way, if I came up with another idea of of maybe for 20 minutes during the practice, we're, we're really not doing. But I can use that. I can utilize that 20 minutes as, uh, you know, maybe a talk to a kid that's a nervous wreck before his matches or whatever. But and that's more precise than them playing a game or or, or whatever. And so I just I, I just started to, and I wasn't disrespecting other coaches or saying, oh, that's a complete waste. I wouldn't do that. It was when I become my own coach. These, this this hour and a half that I have with these kids. I want it to be the best out you know the most effective it could be and so yeah we would just kind of like put together things like that so yeah I did do things like that
0: <laughs> what are some of the things you noticed were were waste of time was it the length of the warm up was it the amount of time live wrestling
1: um yeah I would say a lot of it was probably um,
2: uh to be honest with you it was uh, a lot of it was i i would say to myself i don't think this person thinks the way i do because this is wasted time right now or why you know what i mean like this and like i said i don't want to say anything i'm not saying anything about but i would just because there'd be a lot of times where it's like i would look at my own watch and i'm like this is you know for the two hours or the hour and a half that we have put and you know put put our little you know our little uh Push to being an Olympic champion or whatever and I, I, I would look at it as that's not it could be better than what what I'm what I'm seeing and I mean just probably the running running and then the repetitiveness talking about things that it's really going over their head at that time you know maybe in the office that you could talk about that maybe but during a practice time they're probably just like I want to get going or just little things like that like I noticed that all right now is it, now is there's a time to maybe like, let's just say I'm watching the Missouri wrestling room and I'm watching Jaden and Russell. And I'm like, all right, now there's a time right now to approach him and, and, and talk about something. Maybe he made a mistake and just, and, and maybe nothing would happen. And then I would look in my eyes and say, that was a good window right there to go up and, and, to, and to educate right there. Because mm. he's he's, he's a little frustrated. He's he's real close. So that would be my, my maybe my time to walk over. And hey, you know, and in, in some rooms I would say, I would see, you know, just kind of, they let them on their own or just little. And so those little things were happening as well. So when they do happen in my room, I'll see that look, or I'll see that, that, that negative kind of mindset. And I'll walk over and try to address it and I'll try to change it. I'll try to make it a more positive practice or, or put the situation in perspective so they can get and utilize the most of practice.
0: And is there coaches outside of wrestling, be it a John Wooden or anyone like that, or you've, Really picked up on on the mental side of the game.
2: As far as what? As far as?
0: As far as how to how to work with athletes and how to bring out the best mentally. Because I know you are are big on that self belief and the pressure cooker yeah. moments is the make or break with a great wrestler. And I was just wondering if that's just been developed through watching and being around wrestlers your whole life, or if there's been any outside influences from from other sports, of books you maybe read. Oh, I
2: got.
0: It. I understand. Uh, no, there. No, I don't. I don't really
2: uh no I don't really read I don't really look up other pe- especially other people's ideas cuz that could fog my uh, natural idea I don't want to have somebody else's Oh, this is what they and then I see it and I don't really just see it for what it is I already been I already have somebody else's idea so um I don't like to re- look into things like that you know but I can say that the biggest uh, uh
1: I'm
2: on that type of mindset was my dad you know I mean my dad was a big mental, uh, you know, like, I don't care how good the kid is in wrestling. If you're tougher and if you mean it and you want it more, you know, my whole life. So my dad was a big, uh, you know, a big on the mental side of the sport because he wasn't a wrestler. So he didn't really know the technical side, but he definitely can understand understand the mental, the mental angle.
0: And so, I know, kind of tying it back to your career, when you were a junior in high school, you made the state finals, lost to an Illinois... A well-known name in Illinois, Ken Gerties, and so I'm sure your whole senior year you were focused on getting back there and winning that. And I've heard you say that your own career you suffered from a little performance anxiety, just like a lot of people do. But what happened back then, and how do you try and apply that now to the coaching you're doing? Yeah, that's good.
2: Um, uh, yeah, no, I was a headache. I, um, I, I would get nervous. I would, I was one. I would call it now that I'm older, the roller coaster ride wrestling. You know, there was matches where I believed I could win. And I look like a superstar. I could talk. I was normal. And this is at a tournament. I was, I was ready. I'm like, oh, I got and then as and then as soon as that match happened, was over, and now I know I had the kid that I thought was good. It didn't matter if he was good. If it, if I saw him wrestle and I looked at him and I was like, Oh, this kid's pretty good. My brothers would be able to tell. My family would be able to tell. They'd be like, Oh, he's you know, he's nervous, you know, or this or that. So um, that is why when I got older and I got back into coaching, that's why I do more because I know physically I was better to beat this guy, but in my own head, I convinced myself that he was good. And so now I wrestled according to a good wrestler as opposed to, I don't care who he is. I don't care what he is. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to give it all I can. So as when I got older and I got into coaching, that is, that's what I did. I'm not, that's what I was trying to do. Because it it didn't matter. I used to run, my dad would go with my brother. There's four of us. And my dad would drive in a car. And we'd run so many miles. We'd do so many push-ups. 600 push-ups at once. We'd run so many miles. And still, I'd go to tournaments and I would lose. And so as I got older, I started to realize that it wasn't physical. It wasn't the physical aspect of why I was losing. Because I worked harder or just as good than anybody. You know, it was when these matches, these matches that I lost, and when my hands would freeze up. I'm so nervous, or or my parents can tell. Oh, they oh he must have the good wrestler now because they could tell my demeanor changed. <laughs> you know, so so as I got into coaching, I started paying attention to those things that my parents were seeing in me, and so that's what I started, and that's when I started to really see a difference in my wrestler. It wasn't oh my gosh, Jaden ran a hundred thousand sprints today in five seconds. It was did you see him get nervous and scared and work his way right through it and navigate his way through that and then win that match. That's what I started seeing at a young age. And so that's what I started really realizing that the mental, and which we know, we all know this as wrestlers, but a lot of people just, um, I I don't know. I don't know if they're limited, but I mean, I know that I dove right into it. I knew that this was a very important kryptonite to me when I was wrestling, my mind and the nerves. So I knew that when I got into coaching, I was going to make sure that that was developed just like the physical aspect.
0: Isn't it, so amazing to watch someone so let's say I'm your brother and I'm watching you at the state tournament and like you just know that that person's entering one of those anxious states where it's going to be a bad match and they know it before you even go out there but kind of knowing that you're removed you can see it in someone else and it's just so frustrating Um and you want to help them but I think it has to start at a younger age than than, than some sure. advice at the moment you know no
2: that's exactly right that's exactly and that's where
1: you know like Jaden Cox Oh. Sorry about her. that.
0: You're good. Okay.
2: Like Jaden Cox and Jaden And I mean, I, I, sorry about it. I use Brock Mueller and, and the kids that I have now in my club. And, you know, there's a list. I just use them a lot because they're big names, but there was a lot of other kids too. But they all had those issues. Nobody comes through wrestling and is just like, oh my God, I never got nervous ever. I, I don't even understand what nerves are. This is just, everyone has to get, has to deal with it. But you have to navigate your way through it and put it in perspective. And you got to put it on a shelf in your brain, you got to put it where it belongs. And then when it's time to reach and grab it, then you get it, you know, uh, and that's, you know, confidence, you know, right before a match, it's not time to reach in the shelves and bring out the nerves and bring out being scared and timid right now. It's like, Oh no, I'm bringing out the guns. No, I'm bringing out smiles. I'm bringing out, I, I'm here to put on a show, you know, and, um, and, uh, and, and that's, and that becomes fun too. You know I mean? Then you got like Jaden, Jaden goes out there, Jaden Ironman, he doesn't care about the about the, uh, the winning and losing aspect. He's just out there. Doing his thing, and that is a better for him to be the best he can be. Always, that's a better way of going out there than once in a while. Oh, he's, he's he looks good. Ah, he's nervous. Sorry, he, you know that that's not it. That's what I call that the roller coaster of wrestling. You know, you got the ups and you got the downs, and you got as opposed to just a you know a consistent climb with some little dips, but it's just consistent climb. You and what know, would so, you? Cause do- I go to Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I, I go to tournaments now, and I can. I could see it 10 feet away, you know, I can, I could, I could, you know, I can walk up even my, not even my own kid, you know, because once you kind of tap into what it looks like, because obviously we have this, you know, ourselves, I had those myself. So I know what it, you know, you can kind of see it. And when you, and it's very, very workable and manageable thing, you know, people think that, Oh, I get nervous before my matches or Oh, I'm a head And that's that. And it's like, okay, well, what are you doing to fix it? Have you gotten to work? Are you putting it together? It's just a habit that you created, you know. It's uh, you know, and and it's a big thing for me too when I started coaching is I fought uh professional, or I fought in the MMA uh, five years ago, and uh, I remember this was huge for me. It's now it's longer than that. I'm sorry, about nine years ago, and uh, I was about to walk into the cage, and I wasn't nervous at all. I wasn't. Nervous. I was, and, I, and you know, in me in my head, I'm like, man, I get a little nervous during wrestling matches, so I'm going to be absolutely a disaster before a fight. <laughs> and uh, walked in there, wasn't nervous at all. You know, got kid, I, I, I won the fight, but I was going to be. But my, my, my point is, is um, after that was over, I looked in the mirror and I was like, how was I not nervous before? And that's when I kind of realized that the nervousness that I had was a habit that I created in wrestling. There was no wrestling mat. There was no, all right, clear the mats. All right, Mm. you know, all right, let's got to start getting warmed up. Now you throw all those factors in. Those were my stress triggers. Those were the things that were getting me nervous. Not the, you know, not the actual. So little things like that I started to learn as I got older. And so as I became a coach, I started to adapt more of those things. You know what I mean? Like even kids that I saw that were nervous, that were terrified. I'm like, this is a fixable thing like you know cuz most people think that oh, he's just nervous it's just the way it can be and it's like no 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 we're going to we're going to we're going to address it and we're going to fix it just like we created this negative habit we're going to change this negative habit into a positive thinking mental warrior before the match starts and those are the types of things that, that that I did as a coach
0: I love that you break it down from this black box because everyone thinks that because you can't see it you know whatever's going on in the mind and the stress that it's not a technical thing you can work on like a single leg, but you're saying it's very much a coachable thing that can be worked on.
2: I, every day, every day. And every day it, it, we created it. We created it. I mm. created it. I had times I was in the state championships. My hands wouldn't, I mean, my, I was so nervous and stressed, you know, because you know, I, I, I had to win, you know, I wanted to win a state championship as opposed to, I just got to go out there and wrestle. I don't have to win anything. I just got to go wrestle. And if I wrestle, the winning's in there somewhere. But I was looking at the wrong aspect. You know, and so that's what I did with Jaden and a lot of these little guys. It was never, we were never looking to win. We we're always looking to pick up knowledge and, and everything we can. Let's keep moving forward. And, um, you know, and uh, just make sure that when, when it's time to go out there, that this is 100%. You know, because everyone's like, oh, my body feels good. How's the mind? How's your mind? You know, I see it all the time. You know, just at the U.S. Open uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was coaching some of the some of the older kids, and you know, I look at them and I want to say to them, I see the same the same look in your eye. You're you're 23. I I see the same look in my nine year old. Yeah. You know? And and they they wouldn't be able to. And I was like, when did you fix it? When, how long have you had this 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 little nervous habit that you had? And they would say, I, I had it my whole. When did you go to work and fix it? And that's where I I don't. I, uh, these are fixable things. And I don't know if coaches realize that. I think maybe they think that if we just go back to the room and we work harder, that things will happen. And You know what I mean? So uh, the way we looked at the way I looked at it is we're going to go back to the room and we're going to work smarter. We're going to pinpoint why you lost, what what created that, and we're going to fix that. And if it's mental, we're going to do some talking. Yeah. We're going to talk. I'm, I'm going to correct your thinking in your head. And then next match, you may be nervous though. But by time, and with gradual work and, and and approaching this, you know, a year from now, you may be in total control before the match. You may be in total, you know, because like I said, I'm not trying to get them to focus on the win and the loss. Just focus on go out there and do your thing. Win- so winning and losing will come. So
0: That's the root of it, you think, though, is putting too much of a focus on things you can't control?
2: Yeah, yeah, and just really worrying about the outcome. You know, oh, I got to win, or oh, I got I to gotta do this, or oh, this, this kid's good, or this is bad, you know, as opposed to, I, it's just wrestling, you know I mean, it's just, it's, you know, we put so much into it, you know, we put so much, and, and, and I know that sounds bad, because obviously, you, they want something so bad, you want to, but when you put so much into it, that, that builds a little bit of pressure, Yeah. you know what I mean, and it's like, oh, I got so much on the line, what if I lose, as opposed to, I just, I just have to go out there and do what I do. And I love to wrestle, and I'm good when I'm
0: at my best. Love it, man. People are going to benefit from that because a lot of parents listen to this, as well as a lot of athletes, and they say, hey, you know, how how do we help someone who's getting a little nervous beforehand, or how do we help someone who cries after they wrestle? And, you know, a lot of times I don't know what to say. And that's why I like asking you guys questions. Uh, No, but that's great. And I mean, yeah, and I've had
2: kids on my team in the past win like Tulsa Nationals and his youth and cry his way there, you know, cry because he just, because so, there's just whatever in his brain that he created, the pressure and the, the parents being closed and the people, all that, you know what I mean? All that. That's what that little kid did. He created that, you know? And so we have to go to work and we have to fix that, you know, and there's definitely steps you can do to fix that. Cause I know a lot of people think that, well, he's a, you know, let's say a parent calls me and he's got, son that's 14, excuse me. And um, he's like, oh, he's been like this his whole life. And I, I don't want to offend them, but I'm like, you know, I'm sure if he had an issue with his, his, his double leg, you went to the room and you tried fixing that double leg because that showed you there's something wrong there. What if you went to, to and then a lot of people, they go to a, a wrestling or a, or a psychiatrist or something like that. And it's like, I'm sorry, but they don't really know. Well, us wrestlers, they don't know what's going on in that situation. It's a little bit different. So I don't really think it's a – I think you have to navigate your way through the wrestling world to fix these things, if you know what I'm saying. I think they're not fixed in an office, uh, you know what I mean, or something. I think it's during the wrestling. It has to be coached correctly. It has to be done correctly, and, and, and you could put a put a really beautiful package together.
0: Yeah, it's like you have to be in the room to catch that guy at the moment of weakness. You see it on their face, and you go – freaking attack it and then you get it right there in the room or right before a tournament on saturday morning you know
2: exactly exactly and if you know and if you missed it you know if you miss that window it's uh you know and then you try to address it later they, they don't understand you're know, looking at you like well you know so so that's why you know these things are important but just you have to be equipped with the tools to understand what that wrestler's going through and what probably he needs to hear
1: Mm-hmm. And what,
2: what triggers you don't want to say? You know, I, I, I hear coaches when I sit next to people, you know, uh, yelling moves. You know, I've never yelled a move to any. You know, like hey, you know, it's just um, I'm yelling at the passion and the and, and the confidence that's in there. You know, you know, to have some of the times with Jaden talks, I know he's gonna kill me. I would be like, you know, you look good, man. You're looking good. You know, I would just say it because as long as he felt good and was and was and was just doing his thing, there's nobody beating him. You know, so I would just say things like that. Like, now you look good, man. Your arms are big. You're looking awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it didn't have to be talking about moves or get your feet moving. You know, it was just looking good. And then those things would fall in place. You
0: know, what did you about, say? what did you say to Jaden before match three with David Taylor back in
2: 2017? A lot. We, 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 <laughs> we, <laughs> we I said a lot. He said a lot. Uh, I said a lot. He said a lot. Um, we just kind of had a moment for a couple minutes back there. But, uh, you know, I, I think I was more or less, you know, you got to keep your feet moving, you know. But I think he knew. It, it was impressive. He, he impressed me because it wasn't like we had to go back and he was looking at me like,
1: all right, coach, what do we do? It was like, oh, this ain't happening yeah. again.
2: This ain't happening. My feet are going to move better. There's no, you know, and that's where that confidence was coming in. That I don't care if it's one and one, I got. You know, I got it. We're tied up one to one. We got one more match. He does not want to go out there against me right now. I can't wait to go out there. You know, those types of things. And I was like, "That's when, that's, that's good." You know, not my, not my legs feel good, and I, I feel like my shots are on. No, no. <laughs> I can't wait to so it was good.
0: I mean, that was a crazy year because it was last year before all the weight classes were added, so you had. You know, JB and Date going to the brink, and then David Taylor and Jaden Cox, obviously, uh, going in match three. And I thought Jaden was in trouble with the hyperextension of the knee there at one point in that series.
2: Yeah, yeah, I did too. Yeah, but he pushed through it. You know what I mean? He mentally – because it was bad. He, I mean, he was injured. He was hurt for, you know, after that. He was, he was down, you know, but uh, just mental again. You know what I mean? The, the, okay, this is where I'm at. You know what I mean? I'm in the middle of the mat. I got kind of a little bit, a bit of a bum knee. Not the end of the world. I've been here before I can do this. And that's what got him through that. Uh, his brain, his brain told his body, stay calm. We've been here. Let's just do what we do. Let's get off this mat. And um, and that's what he did. And that, that's why I think he's such a, an amazing athlete, you know, so it's because he, cause he he's, he's got the mental going on. He's got it.
0: He's awesome. And I've had him on the show. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Everyone says that. And th- this is for my own edification. So what is your relationship with Jaden Cox and then Jaden Ironman? And it's confusing because they're both Jadens, but how, how did yeah. that all start?
2: Um, well, when I was coaching at the University of Missouri, um, I started working with kids in the time. Um And the first couple of them were Jaden and Jaden. So I, was, you know, I, would do the, I would do the MU wrestling practice, and then uh, I would run uh, a little youth practice. You know? um, I knew what Jaden Cox. I'm sorry with Jaden Coxman. This is early early, so it would be Jaden Cox and a couple other kids. Then I started dating dating jaden's mom, jaden Clayton, Ironman. Mm-hmm. So we dated for about ten years um and when we split up, i you know me and Jaden, you know we were really close anyway all of us we didn't split up and kind of we were at matter and we we all kind of knew what our roles were, and uh you know we we, uh, we stayed close and um we, uh, you know, I just stayed in. I stayed with Jaden, and uh, we got really. Me and Jaden got really close, and so he moved in with me, and uh, we just kind of hit it off. So Jaden Dierman was Jaden Clayton, and Jaden Cox wrestled, and you know, so they both just wrestled with me when they were younger, you know, and uh, and um, you know, the rest was history. We went to work, and those two were very, very. Uh, they were really getting the mental aspect at an early age. That was the unique, unique thing about those two, you know, because we went to Tulsa's all the time. We went to everything little at the U tournament. And those two were really, like, I would look around when I'm coaching, them, like, if anybody sees the little details these kids are picking up on, you know, losing by six against a super and then fight their way back. You know, mm-hmm. things like that I was seeing these guys do at a young age that were really impressive. So. But, um, so, but, like I said, I just stayed in their lives. We got really close. Me, Jaden, Cox, and little Jaden you know, we just stayed really
0: tight. I love hearing the stories that the guys come up to you for way more than coaching. Like Jaden Cox, uh, early on in his college career, he was having some demons and he actually lived with you. Uh, I've heard a number of stories of guys coming to you with, with personal things. Um, and so it seems like you really have a way to develop trust with your wrestlers well outside of the sport.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's important to me, you know, and that's, um, uh, that's very special to me to, you know, that they, that I do do that. You know, that guys reach out to me, you know, when they're struggling or, or they need something um, and they, they feel that I can help them in that aspect. Um, that's a blessing for me because uh, that's what I do this for. You know, yeah, I like it. I like it when, you know, like Jaden winning yesterday beating that, you know, that was great and all, but the little things that he did after the match, you know, walking up to his grandma and thanks for, you know, the little things that he's growing into and he's, and he's, and he's showing, uh, maturity, you know, uh, uh, those are just, those are really cool to see too.
0: Yeah. Big win over a 2016 Olympic champ. That's exciting.
2: Yeah. He did great.
0: How was he loving the, the, that's kind of a leading question, but how was he liking the Iowa experience? Oh, he loves it.
2: He loves it. Um, you know, everything's going good. Um, it's a good fit. Not that It wasn't a good fit at Missouri. It's just, you know, he was his, his big thing was freestyle and he wanted that RTC program and he, and he just felt like it was time to go. And you know, and it may have been because he was with me all the time too, and we're we're together a lot. And it was just time, you know. It was a, it was a lot of different regions. It wasn't yeah. just wrestling. It wasn't just hey, I did you know, wrestling so much. It was you know, I need to go and spread my wings a little bit, you know, and uh, figure things out on my own. And that's what you saw yesterday. You saw some uh, some, uh, some what the coaching staff and what they're putting together, and and then him reply him, you know, bouncing, you know, I just it was great to me to sit in the stands and just it can see the journey continue
0: to grow yeah a lot lot more to go to for both guys i mean the hawkeye club i was i was impressed with lugo's one of a i gotta think that james russell and lugo all the time so they're looking tough in there and, and tom really stacked the deck against the iowa guys those all the hawkeyes had super tough matches
2: yeah 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 was, i mean I, I see his point you know i, yeah. I know what you know it's the, you know just why i give my guys the the easy win. Let's get him off. We're going to get him a chance to win that mat in battle. Let's get him in the trenches. You know, let's make it a little bit tougher for him because when if the season does come, it's, it, we all know it's a tough season. So Yeah. Um, no, but I think he did it with a lot of thought behind it. Each match. I thought each kid was competitive. Whether they dug deep and got it and pulled it out or whether they didn't. But I think Tom definitely put them in situations where they can definitely be competitive and get it done but they're going to have to get tough. They're going to have to be smart through the whole match. And I think it was a, a great, great, uh, great, great, uh, great, uh, great uh, match. You know, it was a great, great idea.
0: Yeah. The, the whole concept of these standalone cards is awesome. I've always questioned why people wanted a pro wrestling league that had like dual teams when everyone kind of agrees that that's, that doesn't seem the way to go. And you look at the way now, it's just the best matches on these cards and people are watching them and, and they're putting them together really fast. So it's just awesome to see that people have always talked about how do we get a pro league? We have one right now. Like it's happening right now.
2: Right. Right. Right in front of our eyes. We just really don't know it, but that's what, that's kind of what's falling into play.
0: Yeah. I mean, seriously, you think about it. I mean, Flo gave out a, a gang of money on Saturday and it's like, I like this approach better than having like, the Iowa stalkers versus the Chicago, whatever. Like, no, you know, that's not how the UFC does it. And the UFC really has found a way to put individual athletes on the, on the main stage. And all these cards are really following that lead. And I love it.
2: Yeah, I do too. It's almost kind of like an all-star, you know, yeah. it's like an all-star
0: you
1: know, as opposed to just having a team. Um, but, uh,
2: um, no, I'm with you. You know what I mean? You get like Bryce Meredith, you know, wrestling the stands You know, you got, as opposed to just uh, a, a group of guys from Chicago, where you can pull in, you know, so it just makes it, it takes it to another level, you know. And I'm glad these guys are at, at, uh, you know, they can get paid. Some of them can get paid now for, for their work and the work and the, and the passion that they put into the sport. Yeah. You know, because we know that, we know how much it takes, you know, for these guys to do what they're doing. So I'm glad that they can start being compensated and just, uh, you know, maybe, uh, can have a career or, 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 you know, do it a little bit longer than we could back in the day.
0: Yeah. I gotta tell you though, we haven't seen your man out there, Jaden Cox. Well, I hope to hear some rumblings of him out there soon, man. I love watching the guy compete. So hopefully we'll see him out there in the near term. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, and we talked about it before the recording started, you went out to new England, so start, help start their RTC. And you said you learned a lot from Correct. that experience. I'd love to learn what, uh, an experienced coach, what you're still learning about yourself at this age in life and how that taught you that.
2: Okay. Uh, well, I mean, obviously it was, it was, you know, at my age, you know, you know, it was a big change. You know, I, I've been living here for 20 years. My family lives here. Um, uh, you know, so it was scary. It was all these things that, you know, I had to really dig deep. I had to, you know, I went out there by myself, you know, um, so, uh, so it was just, it was, it was tough. You know what I mean? And I had to figure out things. But when I got there and I started working with these college kids, and, and as time went on, I started to realize that uh, you know I was missing my kids, but I was missing that that journey that uh, that you develop at a young age. You know, mm-hmm. when you get them at eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, you know, you know, being honest and being real, you know, you're. You know, you're just shaving off some things and maybe adding a little bit. You know, you're at that time. You know, they're they're pretty much who they are. You know what I mean? And you know, like I said, we could put a little bit to it. We could stamp a little bit to it, clean up some stuff, and and fix some things and stuff like that. But when they're eight, nine, ten, eleven, you're developing. You know what I mean? It, it's a bigger canvas. It's a bigger. You know, you can you can prevent these negative habits that these college kids have before they happen. You know, so. I, I just started to realize that I, I enjoyed working with the youth and the kids because there was a lot more to it. It was a lot more rewarding when you see these little, you know, a kid mental, you know, mentally nervous or at a tournament, and you could see him all worked up and you see him navigate his way through it and figure it out and, and, and maybe not go out there and get the win, but just know that he tapped into it. Know mm-hmm. that he knows something's there and I just have, and, I, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get to know this, email. I'm going to get to know this. You know and uh and so i just you know and just missing it here missing my family you know um so it just uh it was a great experience great people um i love the guys um great colleges uh but i just felt like it was um you know this is where i needed to be in missouri and, and just doing what i was with the kids because i really enjoy working with youth so
0: and for people who don't know you have a, a little compound on your facility you have a standalone wrestling building and if you youtube mike Ironman. you, you see a couple of videos that flo did um and so if, if someone is in the missouri area what do you specialize in in terms of ages and and how do they get a hold of you if they want to start working with you
2: um well we we uh we work with any age we have college kids we have we have seven-year-olds all the way through college you know we have there's times when Jaden talks Jaden, they're in the room working out with you know seven-year-olds in there mm. so um uh, I mean, it's just you know we're all over the place. We're on websites. We got our information out there. Um, it's kind of uh, of a struggle, you know, because uh, I do things differently. So we don't have the numbers, you know. Um, so it is a little bit different, and that's been a struggle, you know. Like I said, because it is different, you know. A lot of people I've had, co- I've had parents say that we don't run sprints, anymore, you know. So uh, it's like, well, I, 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 that time that we were running sprints. I use that time in a better you know, I mean in a better scenario. You know, like maybe that was the live match we just did. So instead of running sprints, I have them wrestling live, you know, because you know, at a wrestling tournament, not ever does a referee say, All right, ready, start running. And really we all know that wrestling really doesn't do much for wrestling. You know, running. So yeah. So just you know what I mean, just by chain by doing it a little bit different, you know, it kinda, you know, made people scratch their head, like what's what what's going on? But you know, I think over time we're starting to prove and starting to show people that, you know, the sport has evolved and everyone needs to evolve with it or you get left behind.
0: I mean, if Jaden Cox and Jaden Ironman aren't proof enough, I don't know what you're looking for, Missouri. Get your get your gla- <laughs> get your glasses fixed, all right, because right? 'Cause we're gonna bring it back to Chicago and get a little dynasty going up here because overtime shutdown, Izzy Styles running running hold over the whole Chicago area. So we can get Ironman elite in Chicago and there'd be thousands of kids ready to sign up based oh, on i'd love it. i'd love to go back home oh it's great up here i i just moved here uh this would be three year. this would be my third winter that's how i measure it now because i used to live in california to escape the okay. winters. so i measure it by winters and this will be my third one but i'm a mile north of wrigley right in lakeview oh
2: right right on yeah okay yeah. So you're right downtown you're right, you're right yeah. in it
0: all yeah trying so you're to be street, man a little bit I've eaten two hundred Lumal natties. I'm I'm enjoying it here.
2: <laughs>
1: um, but now man, I go ahead. I was about four
2: miles from Comiskey Park. Gotcha. South. Okay. Yeah, so uh, you were by Wrigley. I was by Comiskey.
0: Yeah, I'm doing a a little documentary on. I don't know if you know who Mike Powell is at Oak Park River Forest. He yeah, was a the, yeah. I, the,
2: I
1: don't know him too well.
0: But so they uh they had a a great four years uh. They had a lot, a, lot, a lot longer than that, but yeah, guys like Isaiah White, Kamal Bay. They were all on the same high school team. And, and Mike Powell, who's now running Beat the Street Chicago, he was the head coach. But their arch nemesis was Chicago Marist, and they always referred to it as Mount Greenwood. And so as soon as you said that, I was getting like heat flashes and flashbacks because Oak Park hated Marist, and that's right in the, the thick of Mount Greenwood.
2: Yeah, yeah I live I – live, my house is probably
0: three blocks from Marist can't believe you went to St. Lawrence over Marist then.
2: Yeah, I know. It's just it's, it's strange. My dad, you know, it was all my dad. My dad, you know, and then, you know, turns out two years later, you know, we team state champions. But, you know, my dad always had a plan for what he was doing. Uh, you know, I didn't know at the time, you know, because I thought I, I took my entrance exam at Mount Carmel. Mm. So I thought I was going to probably go to Mount Carmel, and I didn't know if I was going to go to Marist. And then my dad's like, I think St. Lawrence is the right fit. And uh, I think the right coaches, you're going to have the right workout partners. I think these guys are doing something, you know, special. And, and he was right, you know. And then, uh, you know, kind of like the Nebraska thing, too. You know, my dad kind of didn't say you're going to. But it was, you know, hey, I like this school. I like these coaches. I like what they're, what they're putting together. You know, they got some excitement behind them right now. And then, sure enough, you know, we're third in the country. We won the Big eight for the first time in the history of the school. You know, so uh, we did some pretty good things. You know, so my dad was uh, kind of like the brains behind it all.
0: He, he had the vision, man. Um, now, that's cool yeah. that you had the option to go to so many good wrestling schools because Marist beat Providence during those years, or, or they had some hell- hellacious duels, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, they were both tough and nailed. Uh Coach Gervais was the coach at Marist. Bill Wick was the coach at Carmel. Um, yeah, they were great coaches, great teams. Oh, yeah, all those guys were animals.
0: Mike Poles was incredible. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah. But.
2: yeah, he was the coach of Providence.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't like him. He was always in the corner. <laughs> kid from Providence is good. <laughs> I just had, I remember wrestling the backup kid at Providence and I had to, you know, dig deep to beat him and I was like, Man, he's a good coach. He gets him prepared. Yeah. He gets him ready to go. So
0: Well man, you had and then uh, Eric Siebert, or Tony Siebert, I can't remember which one was in your weight, but he went on to coach with polls at Carl Sandberg in the right. early 2000s. I, I mean, I'm just looking back at your brackets at IHSA, and uh, Stevie Williams is the weight below you, man. We, we could talk about Illinois, Illinois stuff forever, but I wanted to uh, to wind down with three questions that I've put together here from some people who listen to the show that I think would, would benefit from your coaching advice, if that's cool with you. Sure. All right, so here's here's one. What is the... Worst advice that you hear given out consistently by wrestling coaches—that you you hear this and you think, God, that's the worst advice I ever heard, or that's a pet peeve of yours. Uh, oh man! <laughs>
1: um,
2: at the youth level, sure. Because at the youth level, you know, there's different levels, so I don't, you know, what I mean, like, you know, um, I I hear some a lot of times belly out, you know, because in my mind that <laughs> just means quit
1: belly out.
2: Um, are you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, oh, I can't even think now. Um, cause I hear, I cringe all the time when I'm there at tournaments. I just cringe when I hear the things I hear. I'm like, oh,
0: uh, what about wrong? stand up? Do you like to stand up? What about Russell Smart?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <All those. laughs> you gotta go. You know, it's like, we know these things, you know, so, oh, there's so many that I can make a list.
0: <laughs> that might be a blog post in itself, right there.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, don't be a baby, uh, you know. Just yeah, just anytime a coach is, is is being degraded or you know what I mean, kind of not really trying to pull this person through. There's a lot of comments they can say that's wrong.
0: Fair enough. Now, second one is for the wrestler who's under high school but loves it. You know, they may be good, they may not be good, but they really want to do it. Should there be match limits? To how much middle school kids can wrestle a year? Because now you're hearing that we wrestle too much. It sounds like you used to wrestle your guys a lot. Average middle schooler who loves the sport, the parents aren't pushing him to do it. What's his average match count, in your opinion?
2: Well, I don't know if you can put it off like that. I think, um, I think if it's done correctly, you know, you understand, you know, you know, if, if it's done correctly, I think it's up to the wrestler. You know? I mean, like if he's not being pushed or the things are correct, if he loses, it's not the end of the world. If he wins, it's not the, the coming of the Lord. It's just, uh, hey, all right, good job, and you keep moving forward. You know, I think, you know, I think wrestlers can go out there and as long as you do it correctly and, and go every weekend. I just think it's when it's not done right and when it's become more of a job and it doesn't become fun, that's when you better start putting a number on some matches or how much you're competing, because then you will get burned out. But so so that, so that answer, you know what I mean, it's kind of, for me, it's if you do it right, you can you can go and and, and you know what I mean really make this a fun sport. If you become a student of the game, and then you become a student as a coach to the game, and now you just come and you go on a journey with these wrestlers, and and, and, and it's a different look than that. We got to win, and we got to lose, and, and you start that, and it, it becomes fun. It, you, know, you enjoy it more.
0: The way you're describing it sounds fun. Uh, It seems like you have a lot of fun with the kids and just the journey you take with them. It's really personal to you. Um, And so we'll wind down with this. 2016, you got to coach in the Olympics, one of the kids you raised from an early age, Jaden Cox. What was your fondest memory of the 2016 Olympics?
1: Oh, there were
2: so many. Oh, man. Oh man. <laughs> uh, probably his first match when we we're walking in the back in the tunnel and we we're getting closer. And uh, I'm kind of looking at him and I'm like, can you believe, you know, like right here? You <laughs> know, we did it. You know, this was your goal and um, we're here, you know. And we haven't seen the arena yet. They haven't opened up the curtain yet, but they go, you know, Jaden Cox usa today, maybe six We walk forward. And you know they're just about to open up the curtain, and like all I remember is Jaden Cox pretty much being like, you know, I think he said like, let's go shock the world, or let's go set out to do what we what we set out to do, or. And then they open up the curtains, and he, you know, and and him just walking out there and and doing his thing. That was kind of a surreal moment for me, where I was like, wow, this is, this is really happening. <laughs> you know, we're here, and he's gonna go out there and dominate and light this place up. So the whole thing was surreal, but those were some key moments where it put me in tears, you know, cause it was, I saw him and I saw how much he's gone through to get there. So it was just so rewarding.
0: Amazing. I didn't know you couldn't see the mats beforehand. Can you not warm up out there? No, nothing, nothing. We didn't see
2: anything until they opened up the drapes. Then we finally saw it for the first time. So we're just like being cattle in the back. Like they're just shuffling you forward until your match comes up and then they open up the curtains and now you see the cameras. Now you kind of see, wow, we're at the Olympics, you know? And, <laughs> and, uh, and once again, uh, this was a big thing I learned too. Being me, I was excited. I was like, oh my God, I'm here. Oh my God, we made it. I made it as a coach. I made-. And the Jaden, it was a little bit different. You know, it was a little bit of, I'm supposed to be here and I'm going to win this thing, you know? And uh, so it was a little bit different. He wasn't looking at it as, oh my gosh, I'm here. I made it to the Olympics. It was, one match at a time. I got to get that gold medal, you know? And uh, so those are just things as me as a coach, as as I'm learning what these, the the high level, their thinking is different, you know, their, their mindset, their thinking and all that. So yeah, it was, it was a special, special moment out there.
0: Is it hard for you not to resort to the nervous wrestler you were when you hear some of those cues like Jaden Cox coming up or clear the mats and like stay calm for your athlete?
2: It's almost it's impossible. I mean, I do it. I do I do a pretty good job, and I've gotten way better. But back then, no, I they saw. There's times today, would look at me and be like, "Calm down, <laughs> relax." And I'm like, "What? I'm fine." He's like, "I could see it in your eyes." I'm like, "Man, I'm I'm ready. I'm focused. I'm ready." But uh, no, it, it's it was hard because you know it's out of your hands. But I got to say though that uh, the comforting thing was was to know that your is going out there and, and he's prepared you know what i mean you have all the corners covered he doesn't get nervous he doesn't make mistakes he may he may lose some you know what i mean but he's just going to go out there and he's going to he's going to be the best he can be every time mm. that's, that's, that builds confidence and that's exciting in itself
0: doesn't it make you look at someone like Jaden, who's you know as young as he was back then you think god this kid has it mentally together as a young athlete and he's able to compete under insane pressure. It just makes you proud, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. That's exactly that. That's that's the most amazing part. Just to see and, and I mean so much more. There's so many situations where I've seen Jaden Cox and Little Jaden, but Jaden Cox mostly in, in these positions where he should be done. He should he should lose this match or or whatever the case may be. And just nothing flaws him. Nothing creates panic. Nothing creates like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta go because now I can make a mistake. Everything stays calm, and he just keeps climbing, and he stays the course. Mm. You know, and at the end of the, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing to watch.
0: I know who you're picking in a Sad July bout if it ever happens, and my friend, you and me both.
2: Oh yeah, I don't think anyone's beating Jaden Cox ever again.
0: Let's go, Mike Ironman. We could talk <laughs> wrestling for about ten hours, but I gotta run, my friend. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a real honor. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.